Hey, Doug. You almost sounded like you were whispering. Hey, Karen. Hey, what's going on, dude? Well, I have a question to ask you. Uh, I might have an answer. The last time we spoke, you were dying of COVID. So, how are you feeling now? Um, I am... My throat sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, you said, but you sounded fine last week, too. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. just knew I you were ailing. It. No, I'm, I'm, my throat is still bothering me, but it's, um, it's better today. Well, my, um, my partner, my significant other, my darling, my husband, actually texted me an article that said, um, and I mean, it was from the Times of India, which I kind of don't know if that's a reputable news site. Like, I'm like, like sometimes you just don't know, you know. Um, but it said that something about, and I haven't had, like, I tried to Google it, but all sorts of banana shit came up. So it was something about how masks are causing sore throats. Like, just the wearing of masks. And I was kind of like, oh, because I thought maybe it was, um, I was just having allergies. Um, because my allergies were oddly really bad this spring. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have, you know, maybe it's like carryover and I'm having fall allergies. But like, then I was reading about sore throats and allergies and it was like post-nasal drip, but I don't have a stuffy anything. Like I'm not really stuffed up. So I was like, this is weird. Um, but then I I was reading about the mask and it kind of makes sense because I only get like the sore throat only seems to be exacerbated when I go out side but then I was sort of thinking oh maybe it gets exacerbated when I am out out and about because I'm wearing a mask rather than just outside taking Mm. a walk and so today I've had only I've only been out walking around my neighborhood and I had absolutely no interaction with anyone that required me to wear a mask and my throat feels so much better than it did like this even this morning oh wow so i think that there is something to the mask thing damn yeah i'm like sort of glad that you know more and not thrilled to know that that could be true yeah which which is fine like whatever you know like i'm not gonna not wear my mask because it gives me a sore throat that's stupid um, you know, I just have to be like, you know, cause I have like the reusable mask, like the cloth mask and stuff. And so I guess I've got to just wash it more, you know, I use it a few times and then I wash it now. Maybe I'll have to like twice and wash it. Like I'll have to get more of those. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I mean, one way or another, I hope you just start feeling better. Well, thank you. I do at the moment. Um, so yay, but, um, I'll, I'll have to leave the house tomorrow. So. It'll probably start up all over again. Boo. Whatever. Well, I just want to say, before we get into the episode, not only am I glad you were alive, but glad, and we didn't say this last week at the end, but you had a birthday in the interim between last week and this week, and so I'm glad that you're still alive to kickstart another year. Well, thank you, yes. Whatever it may. I survived my birthday. I did survive my birthday. I made my own cake. What kind of cake was it? What kind of cake was it? Um, well, you know, um, I, you know, I'm gluten free. Yep. And so, which is something relatively new this this past year, and so it's a bit of a beast to try and find gluten free cake. So I made it myself, and it was a vanilla cake with a chocolate frosting, and it was fan fucking tastic, if I may say so myself. You can, and you should, and I'm glad. And the recipe for all of you who might be gluten-free was on King Arthur Flower uh, Flower's website, and it was their gluten-free um, birthday cake. And it was, um, it was, I think it was like you can just use whatever gluten-free flour. Like obviously they were shilling theirs, and I thought, and at first I thought I did it wrong because the batter was like really thin, and um, and I was like, oh shit, this batter is like. Like it was like thinner than pancake batter. Like it was super thin. And I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. And then I didn't pre-grease the pans. So I had to like put the the batter aside so that I could grease the pans. And when I came back to it, it had really thickened up. And um, in the meantime, my spouse was reading about gluten-free cakes. And apparently um, one of the issues with gluten-free and why sometimes it tastes like really grainy when you yes. eat something gluten-free is that you actually are supposed to let 
these batters, I guess, for lack of a better word, rest, because the the flours that you do use in gluten-free need time to absorb um, the liquid. Mm. And so that actually keeps them from being, that keeps them from being, getting that sort of gritty, you know, gritty, like not very good huh. thing. So anyway, it came out really, really well. I was super happy with it. You would never have known that it was gluten-free. Because of the deliciousness. Yes. So I've been eating breakfast oh, good. all, like, all oh, weekend. Great. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, and something I want else. More. I want cake right now, quite oh, frankly. So good. I might make another one this weekend because who cares? I'll come visit. Yeah, come visit. Yeah, that <laughs> is who cares. I was talking, I was talking to my mom and my sister last week, a week before, and I said, I don't know what awaits us in the world, in this country, et cetera, et cetera. But I hope that if we're all gonna die, that someone just gives me a heads up so I can eat all the cake before the world ends. Yeah, I'll make I'll make you a cake, darling. Come here, I will make you a gluten free cake, and we will. I'll walk it. if I have to. I shall. Did you speaking of speaking of? Did you watch the shit show last night? We can sort of bring it up in in the boulevard, but I'm just kind of curious if you saw the the debate. I did not, and I ended up watching something else instead. And we will talk about that on the boulevard, just to <laughs> to vague do a vague tease. Um, no, but while it was on, I ended up you know going on Twitter, and so I you know I feel like I caught some of the lowlights, as it were, anyway. Right. Um, enough that it, I felt sufficiently agitated as just from that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was watching bits. I didn't watch it in real time. I was going to watch it with my daughter um, last night, and then we realized that it didn't start till nine. And both of us were like, "Fuck that! I'm going to bed." You know, like, and she <laughs> actually has to watch it for school. So I was watching it with her a little bit tonight, and I was just like, "Wow!" I and can't I, even I, imagine what how you'd like describe it in a classroom I considered like I seriously considered being like okay you can't watch this anymore because I was fine like I found it like legit disturbing and I was like almost like okay like I feel like your history like this is child abuse for like making kids really, I know. you know I, I mean, mean it's like forcing it. a toddler to watch a saw movie I know it was it was it was like you're absolutely right it, you're absolutely right I was like this is hideous this is absolutely hideous so um yeah so I saw bits of it of course like my daughter is like in her bedroom watching this you know on her on her computer and she's cackling and I'm like and really? I'm she is cackling oh, and she's like that's great I know and she's like he is such an idiot and I'm like yeah <laughs> much particularly when we get to the point where Biden told him to you know shut up like she stopped I was doing the dishes and she stopped it and rewound it and she's like mom come here <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm laughing today. I'll cry again tomorrow. I know we'll cry again tomorrow. But yeah, it was an absolute, absolute shit show. So anyway, um, I guess we don't need to talk about it. And no, I mean, no, we really don't. No. Bottom line is we don't. Um, so, but all of this... I just wanted to say, yeah. so tying it back to your birthday last week, neither of us knew this until this year. Uh, and my beloved is the one who figured it out. You share a birthday with someone very near and dear to our hearts and this podcast heart, if it has a heart at all. You and Heather Locklear share a birthday. Who knew? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think I knew this at one point and oh. just completely forgot. Like, and then just forgot until you had said to me, you, you share a birthday with Heather Locklear. And I was like, I do. And then I was like, I didn't know that. And then I was like, no, I think you did know that. But it was one of those things where I knew it so long ago that I had forgotten about it. Yep. Tucked it far, far away. But anyway, we're both fabulous. Indeed. I mean, yeah. I think one might be more fabulous than the other, but I'm biased because only you will bake a cake for me. That's right. So, Heather, happy fucking birthday. Happy fucking birthday, Heather. Happy fucking birthday, Heather. So, our conversation right now is way more interesting than season five, episode 10. I think that's a fair statement. I kind of felt like we were. We, we were almost treading into season four territory here with nice work, if you can get it. Um, but I don't want to go that far. Um, so I use my fiance as my barometer sometimes. She's still enjoying it, I think, significantly more than she does, uh, than she did season four. So 
Yeah. I mean, I, that's why so I, it's unfair because season four was just that bad that I feel like nothing can like, like, no, it's not as bad as, but I felt like we were kind of dancing a little dangerously close to the edge of the cliff here. Um, I feel like this is a very different show now than it used to be, but unlike last year where it really just spiraled out in every direction this one seems to have guardrails on it. And it's like the guardrails are a little bit too much because it's not letting um, the show flex its muscles, the, the ones that made it the most fun. I would agree. Through hate. So you know, maybe- that's where we are. But I feel that that is also still uh, an improvement upon the previous season. So maybe it's unfair for me to sit, call out season four for this one. Maybe I will say it's more like the very first episodes of Melrose Place where nothing much was going on. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Where, where Melrose really made itself unique, I thought, was how it was always going over the top and not just following a lot of the standard nighttime soap formula. And I think that's all we're getting there. Like, I just feel like, okay, this is not landing stuff. Right. This is Dynasty. Probably not Dynasty. Maybe Stuff and Chris, I'll say. That sort of thing, if that makes sense. Like, all of the plot turns feel familiar. Whereas it's like, you know, season three, you couldn't clock any of them. Right, right. But if you remember, you know, season uh, season one... Um, oh, yeah. The that show was that was to supposed say. to be such a yeah. big deal, right, yeah. um, the, with the network and, and was touted and everybody tuned in and it was actually kind of boring and it didn't do very well those first, you know, those first few months. No, almost that first year. No, that's and that's what I meant, because now it's almost right. like a return to what the show started to stabilize as when it first began. Right. And right. now the difference is we have history behind it, but... It's not following its own history, if that makes sense. It's right. sort of, re- it has reinvented itself by uninventing itself, in, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it does. And I kind of wonder, like, okay, so if we're kind of, like, pulling back and we're sort of, like, returning to the way thing, the, the way that it started... Does that mean then at some point we're going to be propelled into like crazy season, you know, season three land, which would make me really happy? Or are we just going to like plod on with with season, you know, like season one style episodes until we reach the end of the line? Uh, I think it's more like that. Uh, I know they throw in some craziness here and there, but... But it's not the wild ride it was around, say, seasons two and three. Right. I mean, also, that's a lot because, like, the wild ride primarily had to do with Sid and Kimberly. And they are now living very different lives than the ones they did before. And, yeah. And the newer replacements will kind of follow that mold instead of, you know, the cool thing that they were all doing. Right. Yeah. Because even with our new characters, like, I don't really see that, you know, a a place for them to get outrageous. Right. Like, I see Taylor is more of, I guess, the original Sid coming in and just kind of trying to be a homewrecker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Taylor is essentially a soap vixen. But she doesn't have the same panache as, say, season two Sid, season three Kimberly. Right, right. But Again, even like that's kind of it. When but they also, were sort of vixens and, you know, and breaking up marriages, I, there was always something so special about them, especially Sid. There was. There was. There was something like you've never seen before on TV. And yeah. I've seen things now that I've not seen before anymore. The other they, thing is, yes, Amanda may still be flinty at times when necessary, but she's a protagonist. She is not an antagonist. She's not yes. coming in wielding the axe she is the one who is as much a victim of circumstance as she is the vixen yes i would absolutely agree with that and and i don't think that we've even brought anybody in that will challenge that right or take that i would say take that over take over that that role that she was supposed to come in and play 
No, because the thing is, she was still like the slightly older, wiser, smarter one. And there's no one that's come in that is any of those things. Everyone and, else like still stumbling in their own directions. And speaking of that, now that we're kind of into the fifth season, fifth year, like they're not the they're not the show. They're not the show. They are not the show as the show was started. Oh my god, I how do I how how do I express what I was trying to say? So the show began as a place for like I mean, I guess we would call it the new adult genre now, you know, yeah. um, just out of college and just the starting your life. Yeah, yeah, young up and comers. Like these this crew is now no longer that. And it's true. I mean, and they'll say that's kind of why the whole show had to end. Because, you know, you have people running a medical practice. You have people running an ad agency. That's right. right. They're not living in these one-bedroom studio apartments yet. Right. But instead of sort of, like, I don't know, cleaning house and bringing in, you know, letting everybody sort of get married, move to Beverly Hills, move, you know what I mean? Like, move on up and move on with their lives and bring in a whole new cast, they're kind of, like they're kind of putting it together piecemeal and the only person that they brought in who might fit that bill is Sam. Like Kyle and Taylor are yes. as old as yeah. the, you know, Heather. Yeah. As they're old established. As... Yeah. yeah. They're already married. They already have their business. Craig already has daddy's money. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's the no... only one who's like a new thing just starting out and finding her way would be Sam. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like it was a missed opportunity where they should have had all of these people as, I mean, they could have maybe stayed on the show to like guest or whatever, but this would have been a really great time to bring in another sort of young crew or start bringing in a young crew of people who could well, then sort of take over. Now that you've said that, uh, let me ask, um, and I think we might disagree. Would you prefer to watch a show that keeps going and cycles out the old characters and actors and brings in new ones, even if the stories are kind of repeats, retreads of what we've seen before? Or is that the point where you're like, you know what? The show has run its course. Goodbye. Thank you for your service. Time to call it a day and move on to a new show. I think I would feel that way if it were a show that sort of is happening no, wait, no. No, I don't think, I, I think that I would be perfectly happy to, because it's a soap. And that is kind of the premise of the soaps, is that they just keep going. You know, like nobody sort of said, oh, when is General Hospital going to get off, off the air? You know, and it sort of ebbed and flows with its seasons. And it's sort of, you know, some seasons are better than others. And, you know, but I think that it's constantly evolving. And I think what happened with Melrose Place is they allowed it to stagnate. I also uh, stagnate. I also think that's what happened with Beverly Hills 90210. All of a sudden, it's like geriatric 90210. Like they all got <laughs> too old, and instead of bringing in a young, a, a, like you know, a round two cast, you know, they just kind of kept aging and aging and aging and aging and aging the other cast instead of like letting them go and like releasing them into the into the wilds of Beverly Hills. And bringing in new Beverly Hills High students. I mean, like, these guys started in high school, and all of a sudden they're, like, you know, 90 years old, and it's still, like, Beverly Hills 90210, you know? Hey, Sonny, get off my lawn. Like, what? What the fuck? What? I'm trying to think if there's an example of a show that's been able to do that. I think, though it has since been canceled, I think the new Degrassi actually did that. Whereas I never instead saw that. Of, I think it did the opposite of what we're talking about with 90210 and Melrose, which is instead of following your same group of people, it let the originals graduate and then it brought in new freshmen, it brought in new sophomores, and you followed them. And I think as it went on, they too graduated and they brought in more young people and followed them through. And, you know, 
some of the ones that graduated didn't necessarily go far just because they were in college or still in town doesn't mean that like they didn't have association to the high school they weren't all written out completely right. um, but we followed new storylines with new characters the place stayed the same the people came and went as opposed to something like this which is well i mean you could say with melrose yes the place stays the same but it's the people that were also following as they right. i mean you can't say mature for most of them but carry on continue on in whatever direction and i understand that you might not like want to get rid of like the fan favorites right like you don't want to get rid of heather locklear well she is the landlord she owns the building so maybe keep her and see how she interacts with some new foes right give her give her some fresh blood that's not yes. you know brooke but again you'll see more fresh blood coming in the next two seasons but none of them are, with maybe one exception, none of them are young starting out the way yeah. we look at with Sam. Yeah, I think that they kind of missed the mark with this. Like, I, I mean, unless they felt like they felt like they were trying to age, kind of like Harry Potter did, where like they they aged the characters along with the audience. But then again, like Gen X was never a big generation. You can't rely on us. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. You know, I mean, that's why nobody. That's that's why we're always like ignored because we just don't have the numbers. Yeah, now I'm feeling extra sad. I know it is really sad because we're the coolest. I think so. I I think we are more personality to Gen X for sure. I mean, oh my god, yeah, and we're so apathetic. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, when you're, like, hanging out, don't you want to hang out with the apathetic people? We're the yeah, stoners. Yeah, that is the place to be. Absolutely. Come on now. Of course, we're more fun. Anyway, we should probably get so, into, get into we the We should, but, today. again, I think we can kind of dance through a lot of this. Um, but And I think we're in agreement that, you know, there's just not a lot of fun to be had <laughs> in some of these storylines. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> no fun. I mean, Alyssa's having more fun. She is having fun. There's, If you're hearing laughter in the background, that's my beloved uh, listening to someone else's podcast, not ours. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I can almost go through, there are a couple side stories that are minuscule, um, but a lot of them are relatively connected, and I feel like we can just sort of, like, connect uh, a lot of the dots. I have notes that can guide us along. But before that, I also wanted to say um, the song that i don't know whatever actual popular song they played over the credits in 96 has since been replaced by something so we shazammed this something these songs are often so so obscure that shazam can't even pick them up but it was able to pick this one up and it's by a band called boston baked blues which <laughs> i never heard of i've never heard of that now i'm gonna have to look this up what is it boston baked blues yeah the hell is that? okay well google kind of knows what it is um does anyone else know they're from middletown middleton mass which is probably near me um the last time they played a gig according to reverb nation was at johnny d's in somerville um they look not young anymore i guess they broke up well it's been a quarter century. Oh, the uh, the the front dude. I don't know if he's the lead singer. I guess so. Vinny Serino was recently selected uh, to the World Harmonica Players list of most influential blues harmonica <laughs> players. Oh, like okay. who knew that? In 1988, they were nominated for the Boston Music Awards. Won the Boston Battle of the Blues Bands. Went to Memphis. Um. Chicago, Grand, blah, blah, blah. Um, Vinny apparently plays with the Jay Giles. Oh, well, somebody, Danny Klein from the Jay Giles band. So, all right, well, you know, I mean, not insignificant. Degrees. Yeah, I mean, not insignificant, mm -hmm. especially in the um, local music scene, shall we say. But I don't even recall the song that was playing. It's called Why I Love You So. But yes, you wouldn't remember. It is not a memorable song. 
No, it is not. It did its job. The credits aired and then we moved on. <laughs> um, but let me step back. Let me go back to the cold open, which is Kyle and Taylor in bed. But then it's Coitus Interruptus because she isn't into it. Um, and then Kyle says how he doesn't trust her and Peter. Um, and Which is, again, where it, did this come from? It just again, was This like, is not how you start an episode. But this was like... Because this, it didn't... Because the final... The episode before didn't end with that. Right. But even, it's like, if he saw Taylor and Peter kissing in the pool, that would be one thing. Okay, fine. But this is like, well, why are you guys going at it if, if he's already not trusting you? And also, why are you starting the episode? Like, just start the episode sitting at the kitchen table again. Have a fight. But, like, don't make it the same fight that you've already had. Right. Right. And and even the fight that they, I know they had the fight before and even before it didn't make any sense because they were all best friends. Yeah. Kyle keeps making up his mind to move the story along, but we're not seeing why or what's changing. anything. Right. Right. There is no reason for him to suddenly have this, you know, to suddenly suspect like Amanda does that something right. is not right. right. So yeah, so so th- this is this is this has been a little bit of a source of frustration for me. Yeah, I agree, it, and it also uh, doesn't. It's not working great. It's not plotting at its highest level. Although there is one consequence we will get to that I'm I'm there for. Um, but before that, I mean, they reach a sort of detente. Um, uh, and we see in the courtyard, it's the morning. They're getting ready for work. Amanda is on her way to work. She has an early meeting. And that's when Peter tells her he's going to go for chief of staff. Amanda goes on to work. Taylor and Peter see each other. Uh, and she says she's got to head out early. And Taylor walks out. And we see Kyle watching them through the blinds. Okay, fine. Kyle is suspicious. Fine. Um, we get to the staff meeting at D&D where... Craig basically pulls an Al Haig and says, he is running things now. And, <laughs> and okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like an he early said, morning meeting. And it's, it's like, oh, like, okay. By the way, I was really the one who owned this company all along. You won't be seeing my dad. I'm in charge of things now. I'm and the Bill boss just now. Looks like a smug duck. Yeah. 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 A smug duck. That's a very good way to put it. Yes. <laughs> um. So Billy comes to Sam's apartment and he sees her paintings, which she has like a painting of the courtyard. It looks fine at best. And all of a sudden Craig also shows up. So I'm not really sure what time of day this is. Um, But he comes in basically to make another play for Sam um, and starts talking about how he minored in art history and waxes on about like what he sees in her painting. Again, it is just of the courtyard. Um, and Billy makes a really funny face, not a smug duck, more like a bewildered duck, uh, and walks out. Yeah, well, I love how Billy, before he walks out, says, well, I minored in gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I minored in gym, gotta go. Gotta go, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> but it was so stupid, because it was clear, like, he walked into the apartment, and he's kind of got a thing for Sam, right? I mean, or so we, the writers are making us think. And he, like, walks in, and he's kind of like, oh, so you're painting. And she's like, yeah. And then he doesn't say anything nice about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's, like, got colors. You know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, with a brush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like he's looking at it like, like he's about to burst out, and you suck. Do you know <laughs> So it's kind of like at this point, I'm like, Billy, you can't be mad for, like, Craig, like, macking his daddy here. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be mad at him because you're doing a terrible job. Yeah, and also, remember, you had your shot, you blew it, and you don't have a claim on her. Well, yeah, but if he wants to take another shot, like, this is not the way to do it. No, it's not chivalrous. It's it's just stupid, it's, and it's, it's like... not It's not good macking. No, it is so not good macking. It is so not good macking. And he's like, and it, it just feels like Billy is starting to get all like, well, how come she doesn't like me? Well, yeah. I mean, come on now. Like, really? 
Like, I have a feeling that's going to be, like, the next question he asks, like, I don't know, Amanda or Allison. Well, I don't understand why Sam doesn't like me. Well, maybe because, like, you, like, walk into her apartment when she's painting and you're like, oh, it's a painting? (laughs) Oh, it's like shit. You know, like, I mean, come on. Come on. Nobody wants to date that. Anyway, that's my rant. No, that's what this podcast is all about. That's my rant. I'm angry. And we're not done with those paintings either, guys. So uh, yeah. buckle up. No, we're um, not. Craig likes it so much. He's like, I want to buy it. And, sh- and Sam is like, no, I'll just give it to you. And I'm like, uh, head desk. This is why she needs Sid. This is why, this is why Sam can't get an apartment of her own. Yes. Yes. I mean, she will never move out of Jane's basement without, you know, actually making people buy her paintings. Yeah, I mean, this is Sam's money, honey. I know. So, anyway, she gives Speaking Craig of Sid, though, yes. uh, Kyle also comes back home to Melrose and sees Sid at the either the stairwell or the landing to, right by their apartments. And, and, you know, in order to make conversation, she tells him that she's almost got the next painting for him. I mean, I don't know how many of these he's going to have all over Kyle's, but this next one is on its way. Anyway, I just love them. I just love their flirtation. They're so sweet together. Um, it's really like one of the brightest lights going on in these episodes. I agree. Um, but then we have more Kyle and Taylor. He gets home, they argue some more, but then they make up. So, you know, there's that. And is this the point where he sees her? No, we haven't gotten there yet. Bring a drunk Peter back into his. No. No. No, not yet. No, we're not there yet. Um, but yeah, so they fight about Peter, I guess, again. And then they make up and with Taylor basically saying she'll never see Peter again. Like, that was kind of like how they made up where she was like, well, if you're this upset about it, like, I just won't, you know, I won't ever see him again. Yeah. Which I don't know if lot. you believed, but I didn't believe that. No, they live in the same goddamn apartment complex. Yeah, also it's Melrose Place. So yeah. between those two things, yeah. 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 Meanwhile, back back to Amanda. Arthur has summoned her to see him, the now deposed Arthur Field. Um, and he's basically like, I don't trust my son and he's going to ruin this company and I have a lot of money vested in this. So I'm going to pay you to keep Craig reined in and keep D&D afloat. And she's like, I'm insulted by this and I will take your money and keep an eye on Craig. Yeah, yeah, she's like, you offend me. Now let's talk price. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was oh, like, oh, Amanda. Okay. Yeah. And then we are in the hospital. Now, Peter has had his first surgery since the whole uh, institutionalizing <laughs> and arrest and God knows whatever else. And murder rap and all that other shit. Yeah. So... The surgery has taken place and Amanda comes to the hospital to see how he's doing. And he's like, I feel great. It went fine. And all of a sudden, this nurse comes and finds him. And she's like, Peter, you didn't get any of our pages. We've been looking for you. The patient died. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. But it was funny. She's like, Peter, the patient flatlined. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Peter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, poor patient, but really, we care about the ramifications on people. I know. Uh, and, there will be, and there will be some. Um, See, this meanwhile, Craig... Like, this episode felt like it kept kind of, like, punching, like, so many of the characters down. It was like, it was like yeah, they started... You know, everything like, is coming from the side. Like, you're like, like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't... I, I wasn't prepared for any of that. Yeah, like, it's just, like, all of a sudden they start to sort of, like, crawl out of their holes and they're starting to sort of, like, life is starting to, to, to go their way. Things are starting to go that way. And then it's just, boom, all of a sudden there's a, they get smacked down again. And I feel like this happened, like, this happened to Peter in this episode. Um, who else did this? This happened to a lot of Peter. Um, it happened to Jane in this episode. It happened to... More like Kimberly. It happened, I guess, more like Kimberly in this episode. Yeah. Um, but, like, I just felt like it kind of kept 
like smacking down every like you know especially the characters that have been kind of really smacked down a lot since you know season four especially poor jane like how much more shit are they going to make this woman go through they will give her shit till her last day Ugh. and you know i'm not a big jane fan but i'm starting to feel very bad for her um yeah i kind of feel bad for jane i also kind of feel bad for me watching jane so it's the combination of the two yeah, we just um, feel bad we just but, but the 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 takeaway is we feel bad yeah um Amanda should also feel bad, not just because of Peter's dead patient, but because she and Billy walk into Amanda's office and find that Craig has taken it over. He has moved in. He's like, well, yours is the only executive corner office uh, on this floor, so it's mine now. You have one of those glass offices out front. Meanwhile, he's also hung up Sam's painting, and he refers to it as his girlfriend's painting. (laughs) And Billy's like, that's news to me. Yeah, and then, like, Amanda and Billy leave Craig's new office, and Amanda's like, you know, she says something about Craig, like, oh, that son of a bitch, or whatever, and then Billy's like, girlfriend? (laughs) And it's like, the writing is there, that's a really funny button to end that scene on, but Billy, I guess I should say Andrew, can't quite nail it. Yeah, no, we can't. can't quite hit it. No, no, we can't. Um, But, you know, points for intent i guess i don't know now we get to the scene you were talking about yes where taylor comes home to see peter drunk in the courtyard yeah uh, he's got a six-pack um and then they have this conversation where he says that this lost patient reminds him of her sister how he couldn't help her i mean it's kind of apples and pears but okay fine um and then taylor's like i let me help you let me make you a sandwich but instead of, I don't know, going up to her apartment, making a sandwich and bringing it back down to Peter, she walks drunk Peter upstairs to Peter's apartment. And guess who has a window with a view across the courtyard to Peter and Amanda's apartment? That would be Taylor's husband, Kyle, who he sees that too. Who watches um, the whole thing. So then Taylor comes home and Kyle calls her out on lying about it and basically storms out yeah mm-hmm. um kind of not wrong like like we haven't seen the wheels turning in kyle's head because he was like really stupid for like seven episodes and now he's like got half a brain and half a spine right now right um but but he isn't wrong uh and and so team kyle with the storm here yes and um and so then Amanda also puts on some big girl pants and tells Peter that, uh, like, again, I don't understand when he has patience and when he and Michael don't, but whatever. Um, that he, Peter doesn't want to go in and do another surgery because now he's haunted by this lost patient. Not literally haunted the way Brooke haunted Billy, but, like, his confidence is now dissipated. Uh, and Amanda's like, you need to get through this. Don't blame me. Figure out a way to get through this. Um, and I'm like, good on you, Amanda, because he's got to be an adult here. Yes. Um, and that's when Billy returns to talk to Sam and kind of makes, makes another play for her and kind of tries to dial back all he didn't say about the painting. And he's basically like, duh, I did like the painting. Um, I don't even remember this. Yeah. Oh, no, it happened. Holy shit, I don't even remember this. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that's basically all there was. But yeah, there is there is this uh, redemption scene of sorts with Billy. So yeah. Oh my god. He says that, and that's basically all he says. And I think Sam just gives him, like, a kind look. Like, kind of pats him on the shoulder. Well, thanks, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I think, like, she might be like, um... I think whatever resistance I have to Billy is fading. I don't think you see that here necessarily, but I don't think there's anything to indicate that she's not into him right now. I think um, I think his little dialing effect might actually be working. Oh. I, guess we'll, I think we'll see more of that maybe in the next couple of weeks. Um, now, I'll get to Matt's brief storyline in a second, but Matt does have another scene when Peter goes in 
Peter wanted to have Michael sub in and scrub in for this surgery because he's so lacking in confidence, but couldn't find Michael because Michael's got other shit going on and no one has cell phones. So Peter scrubs yeah. in and and Matt is actually also assisting with this surgery. And there's this funny scene where Peter looks at Matt and he goes, it's Matt, right? And Matt's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's cute. Um, but Matt can't really witness the genius at work in Peter and it has nothing to do with Matt. It's all got to do with Peter because Peter chokes and can't do it and puts his scalpel down. So it's like, uh, what's going to happen to this patient who's already been anesthetized and like, what other doctor are you going to pull in to, to, to suddenly do the operation? Um, it, it's, not gonna we'll it's not going to be Michael. It's not going to be Michael. It won't be Michael. Um, before we uh, cut out and catch up with the other people, we have one last scene <laughs> with a couple of the players at hand. Uh, Sid comes off to drop the latest painting to Kyle, uh, mm-hmm. and she sets it up so they can both stand back together and watch and really take it in. Uh, and and they start talking about, uh, you know, trouble at home, and one thing leads to another, and Kyle and Sid are kissing. So yeah. we started the episode with Kyle and with Taylor, and we've ended the episode with maybe Kyle doing something with Sid. I hope I, I, hope I ship these two. I know they're not going to laugh. I do, too. I, I do, too. It's, uh, this one is really an unrealized gem. Yes. Yes. I mean, it could have been, it could have been wonderful. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know where I'd go with, like, is this, will Sid finally get her man um, with Kyle or, you know, that it would set her up with like a war with Taylor, which I think would also be super interesting, um, way more interesting than the war with Jane, more on <laughs> par with like Kimberly, but maybe even more savage, right? Um I don't know. There just could have been so much potential. Yeah. And, you know, can't really talk too much about what's happening in the future of this show in the past. We'll see what happens. But I I, I, I can just say, like, it's not going to be whatever you want it to be, which is too bad. Because it could have been. Because these guys really deserve all of our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of the writers' attention. Yeah. So... Someone else who's not getting a lot of writer's attention is Matt, as usual. Um, and it's and the attention he is getting is, again, weird and nonsensical. Um, it is, but it's a little bit less so because we're back to Matt potentially being uh, a victim of sorts, too. Yeah, well, yeah, but again, it's sort of... So we went from... Matt and the and Doctor, what's his face? The what the hell is his name? Michael Hathaway. Hathaway. Dan Hathaway. Dan Hathaway. Dan Hathaway. Um, he went from being like Dan Hathaway, sort of being like, "Oh no, I'm holding you at, at a distance. I don't know if we can be like together." You know, in that way, like we need time to sort of sort through what we're doing all of a sudden having a second date and it's the next morning and Matt has spent the night at Dan's house, you know? So I feel like once again, we've gone from one moment with them where the doctors like, where somebody's like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work this way. We need time to all of a sudden time's up. You know, we've, we've gone there already. There's been no evolution. No, absolutely not. You know, and so what was, what was tentative is now, a sure thing. So, right. okay, life goes on. Right. Like, now they are, you know, not only did they have their second date and spend the night together, like, now they are the couple for the ages. They are even going to a gala together. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Hathaway has already, it's a black tie affair, so Hathaway's bought Matt um, his own tux. Matt is a kept but, man. And- and he says something, uh, Hathaway does, uh, something like, um, now I don't have to go to all these things as a single anymore. It's like, you're a really well-established, rich, good-looking surgeon. I don't know. Why were you always going to these things as a single? 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. He was just waiting for Matt. Yeah. So, I wanted to sing that uh, Aretha Franklin George Michael song, I Knew You Were Waiting for Matt, but there was no way I could have done it in a recognizable way. So <laughs> just letting you know that was my intent. So they're on their way back from this gala, and I guess they had a good time. And um, Matt says, well, can we stay at my house tonight? Because I have early rounds in the morning, and it, I live closer to the apartment. Uh, the apartment. Uh, closer to the hospital. the hospital. Sorry, your house is further away. Um, and this is where we get the red flag. Yeah, he's like, no, it doesn't. My house is nicer. We're going to go to my house. And he yeah. just keeps saying, he's like, right, we're going to go to my house. All right, good. Yeah, my house is more comfortable. My house is nicer. Yeah. My house is all these things. Um, you know, screw you. You're going to have to get up two hours early and beat traffic. Like, it was weird. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know. I'm, I was a little like, where the hell are we going with this now? And why can't we just let Matt, Matt be happy? Right. Can't Matt even get an episode where things are just going his way? Yeah, like, can't he just be happy? Like, why is he, like, why all of a sudden does this guy have to be, like, a giant dick? Like, just let Matt be happy for five minutes. I mean, same with Jane, really. Right. Yeah, that's where, yeah, that's where I was sort of talking about, like, all of these characters. Like, they just keep getting punched down. Yeah. Um, so we might as well go to Jane. Yeah, might as well. So we're traveling to Chicago now. Um, Jane comes home. I'm pretty sure, and Alyssa believes the same thing, the exterior they use for Jane's parents' house is the same one they use for Allison's parents' house in Wisconsin, but, you know, it's fine. They're close. Chicago, Wisconsin, it's all the same. I mean, yeah, they're fine. Looks, looks like Dylan can by the way. Um, and, you know, so Jane is still traumatized from everything that's happened, and it sounds like... Our parents don't know Jack about anything that has happened to Jane in the last year, at least, maybe since the divorce. I don't know. Um, Jane goes straight to her room. She's kind of being uh, aloof, and her mom comes in, um, and she's like, I don't want to pry, but Sid called and said you were going through a lot. And it's like, really? Yeah, let's, let's name check all of the things. She was raped. She started stalking her ex-boyfriend. She is an arsonist because she set that, you know, that runway show on fire. Does this mean, does mom even know that her daughter had that stroke going back not even a year ago? Yes. Jane has been through a lot, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, um, but wait, there'll be more. Um, you know, the mom is really laying the groundwork that she wants her to come back home. You know, she's like, your friends here keep asking about you. We've kept your room the way you left it. Um, and and then finally, she admits that she's going into gallbladder surgery uh, the next day, which this, this family really knows how to keep secrets. Um, finally... She says um, surgery for her gallbladder, but the way she says it, the g is very hard. It almost sounds like a k sound. So it actually sounds like she's saying colon surgery, but I, I think it is gallbladder surgery. Um, and she's like, so I want you to stay home and, and be with your father for a while because, you know, God knows he can't cook. Um, so fine. The next day, Jane takes her mother to the doctor for the surgery, I believe, right? It's the actual surgery. Uh, yeah, but it seems like they're not ready. It seems like, it seems like he's taking her in for more like, I mean, it looks like a doctor's office and not a hospital, first of all. Yeah, it's like, not real. It looks like she's going to have another consult with the doctor. Excuse me. And, um, the father isn't there, which if your wife was going to undergo a surgery and have part of her digestive system removed, I mean, I'd at least drive her there. Yeah, but as they keep saying, Um, it's just the gallbladder. It's not a big deal. It's just... Just the gallbladder. Yeah, not, not, not a, a big deal. And by the way, haven't we seen this doctor before in LA? I didn't recognize him. It didn't I ring any bells, but I felt like we up. did. I felt like we did. But anyway, moving on. Um, so while the mother goes into the doctor's office, the doctor's talking to Jane. She says she wants to donate blood. Um, and so then he goes, oh, well, you know, just talk to the receptionist and she can set it all up 
And um, then he goes in to, to talk to Jane's mom. And Jane starts asking. And, you know, the mom has a rare blood type. And they look up <laughs> Jane's blood type. And it's a completely different type. The, the mom is like AB negative and Jane is O positive or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I know nothing about blood types. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> I'll follow that. I, I I think I know my blood type, and I think it's B positive, which is funny because A, I'm not a B plus kind of guy, and B, I am definitely not a B positive kind of guy. So I'm like, <laughs> the blood, it's offline. Um, no idea what mine is. But and people always immediately, tell me, like, I don't remember it. I've been told okay. my blood type several times, and I never remember it. I don't think I've had a discussion about my blood type for 20-something years. Damn. I don't remember the last time. I just remember what it is. Um, but Jane, then Jane's mom comes running out because um, the doctor said she was inquiring about donating blood and the mom realizes the jig is up. And right then and there, she has to tell Jane that for Jane's entire life, they have been keeping this big secret from her, which is Jane is adopted. Again. But Sydney is not. A soccer punch. Yeah. Well, we don't know that yet, but yes, basically. Um, and and so then there's another scene where Jane is just sitting out front and her father, Ken Howard, comes out to talk to her now that she knows. He tries to explain a bit more, but they don't really say anything, just that the mom had a hard time, or they had a hard time conceiving uh, when they were trying to have a child, and they ended up needing to adopt. So they adopted Jane. And Jane's like, so is Sydney adopted too? And of course not. Of course Sid is biological while Jane is adopted. Um, and that also makes sense if you think about how Gail Strickland with that red hair, the same exact shade as Sid's, they look so similar, but there's no similar uh, parent to Jane. Uh, I mean, that's just a casting stroke, but I'm pointing it out nonetheless. Um, she asks about the birth mother, and they say they don't know much. Um, and then Jane goes to this church where I guess she had been deposited at birth. Um, and a nun is able to help her find her mother. Um, her name is Sherry Larson. When Jane was dropped off, she was only called Infant Larson. Um, but guess what? Sherry Larson lives in L.A., and Jane lives in L.A., so maybe Jane can find her. I guess that's where we're going next, back to L.A. Spoiler alert, Jane's going to look for her birth mother. Yeah. Yes. And that's it, but that's, like, quite a bombshell. To lay Jane, who's already who's already dealt with her fair share of of wrongs and betrayals and strife. Yes. Again, I really don't think either of her parents know that she ever had that stroke. And I guess last, but probably also least, is Jake and Allison, who basically had nothing to do this episode. Yeah, I think they have one scene, which, amazing, yeah. someone has less screen time than Matt, but it's Jallison. Um, and it kind of uh, picks up on what they were talking about last week with um, when Allison did her stint at D&D, &D and he's like, well, maybe he needs to give her sort of more of a, an investment at Shooters. So it turns out he's gotten his lawyer to draw draw up a deed for Allison. Now she's half owner of Shooters. After she said she didn't want it. Right. I just want to point that out. That that she kind of pissed that. me off. Yeah. She said she did not want it. And he went and and I was kind of I was really pissed at Jake. And then you know and then when she basically says I don't want this again, he gets all mopey and moany about that. And I'm like, dude, she said that to you last week. Like stop. Like, stop. Don't put her fucking right. name on the deed. What yeah, are you exactly. doing? What are you doing? You know, put a ring on it before you put her name on the friggin' deed. Jesus. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She's yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa doesn't find me funny. She's laughing at somebody else. She's definitely not laughing about Jake and Allison. No. Uh, no, and Jake says, you're more than a waitress. You're less than an ad exec. And she's like, yeah, but I never said I would do this forever. And not in a way that's like, I'm walking out. I'm over this. Just like, I never, we never had the conversation, but I did say this was something I didn't want. But then he turns around on himself and pouts, and he's like, you're right, it would be a waste of a college degree, never mind. Actually, kind of acting like Billy. Yeah, I mean, this was sort of like, 
the Jake that I don't like right now. And I it was is kind the, of... It is the Jake I don't like. There's two Jakes yeah. I don't like. And one is the kind that, like, almost beats Joe and tears the refrigerator apart. And the other is, like, the self-pitying Jake. Because that's yeah. one thing that he's much better than doing. Yeah. Like, this was just stupid. And I was glad that we left it at one. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, one I mean, I'm scene. sad that they can't give us more, but I'm also sad that this is what they did give us. Yeah, but, like, if they're not going to give us anything good, then just don't give us anything at all. Yeah. Just kind of what I'm feeling. Just bench them. Yeah. yeah. So kinda you said that that was all we had, but you forgot there's a whole nother storyline. Whose? And it involves Kimberly, and it involves Michael, and it involves Oh, me. my God, I completely forgot about them. This is why I'm here. Holy shit. I thought we were done. No. There was one more. I completely forgot about that. But there was one more. Wow. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I don't know where you stand on this now. I I know as of last week, you were probably higher on the storyline than I was. Um, And it's kind of continuing as you would expect it would. Michael returns to Megan's house, and he really keeps trying to control her and run her life now that she is his official mistress. Um... And then Kimberly sort of, quote-unquote, storms in to, quote-unquote, catch them. Um, So now Michael thinks, oh, no, now Kimberly knows I've been cheating again. He comes Mm -hmm. home to Kimberly, um, and now Kimberly is being meaner with Michael. Um, She's not retreating. She's actually shoving back, and she's saying, you know, I was talking to my therapist. He says, I'm only frigid with you. Um, And she says she doesn't love him, and she doesn't like him. Um, which actually causes Michael to storm out. And yes. I think he says that, like, sleeping with Megan was the right thing. Right. Um, and, um, Michael has, like, all moved out in, 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 in the interim. Um, and... Moved in Megan, with Megan. Meets, Michael has moved in with Megan. Um, Megan comes over to what is now just Kimberly's beach house, you know, the way it was in the beginning. Uh, and... And Kimberly's like, it's time for phase two. So she has now decided, like, this, the whole, like, long game here. And that is um, that Megan is now going to marry Michael, and Michael is going to inherit everything from Kimberly uh, in her book. But and Megan Megan's doesn't like, well, want to marry Michael yeah, because yeah, she doesn't Megan's think like, that Michael Don't I have a yet. say in my life? Yeah. But it was a stupid reason why, because she was like, well, I don't want to marry Michael because he doesn't love me. Or like, how do I know that he, like, I want him to love me for me and not because you're dead. I don't know. It didn't make quite make sense to me. Um, Her reasoning, when her reasoning should have been like, no, wait, I should pick who I want to marry and Michael not not be the one. As opposed to, I want Michael to love me for me. Yeah, if it was was just, uh, I I don't know if I love Michael. This was just an arrangement. Yeah, that'd be one thing. But um, but no, she's like, no, but uh, I don't really like the way Michael's acting, so I'm going to say no to this. And it's like, well, you have every right to say no to this just by sheer virtue of the fact that you can say no to this. Right. You don't, you don't need anything else. Um, and Ma- Megan returns to her house. Michael's, of course, there. Um, so then Kimberly you know, escalates things uh, and demands a divorce. And demands a divorce, yeah. She, like, shows up at Megan's and basically demands a divorce, which is, like, hilarious. And Michael's eating eggs. Something I don't think they ever tell us uh, is how Megan, excuse me, how uh, Kimberly first found Megan. Yeah, we never learn how, like, was she just, like, looking for hookers on Hollywood? Like, right, like, did she, did she look in the phone book? Was she walking down the beach and saw her? Like, all these people seem to have some sort of money problems, but Kimberly is bankrolling how many houses, uh, you know, along the Pacific? So, I don't know. Yeah, and, and Michael also has enough money to keep Megan in ATM cards and cell phones and, like, you, you know, like, like his and, and pay her rent and so she can get rid of all her clients except for him. Right. Yeah. And I thought he had a struggling pa- practice because of Peter. Well, if he didn't before, he should now. I know. Peter. Now that they somebody. got a lawsuit. Yeah. I know. I know. 
so yeah, that was that's kind of, and that was kind of even that for that storyline. It wasn't there wasn't really much going on there. Yeah, I mean that was all. Yeah, that was all they wrote. So, and I even forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that be the episode. Yeah, guys, are you still watching? Are you are you hanging in there with us? Because let us know. Back on the block pod on Facebook is the way to reach out. You could also head on over to iTunes and give us five stars and a lovely, lovely review. You can also do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to head on over to Hollywood Boulevard before Karen falls asleep. We've got a action-packed one. So to speak, so that's to speak. a tease again, you guys. Because we're going to Action Park. Ooh, and the teases explain. Yes. We're going to go to Action Park. We've got um, stuff to talk about. And I want to... Yeah, talk- we're going we're gonna to be a very TV-heavy uh, yeah, podcast yeah. on the boulevard. And I want to sneak something in there because I do know that we've got theater <laughs> fans that listen... If you are missing theater, I have a suggestion, but you're going to have to follow us over the boulevard so you can hear it. You got that, guys? We hope to see you there. We'll see you over there. Well, yeah, till then, we'll see you over there. (laughs) Bye. Bye.